let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for the gathering this morning. As we share in your word, such a privilege to hear from you. What a blessing. What a wonderful blessing that we can hear and study your word. It delights in letting your children walk in the light. We trust you, for it's your will for us to know the things of your kingdom. That by your spirit, you will speak to us. We are not sufficient in our own. You are our sufficiency. And that you will teach me, teach all of us that are here in these words of your gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. We have in this prayer conference, uh, started on Thursday and today. And do you know something? It's really, I mean, as important as prayer is, this is one thing you don't find too many Christians go and do a study on prayer on their own. Opens the scriptures and says, I want to study. All the scriptures says about prayer. So I can pray aright. Most of the ways we pray is passion. It's what we saw people do. It's what we went to church and people are doing, we start doing, whether it's right or wrong. We've never even vetted them. And a lot of things we do, we don't vet them. That's not in your own interest. Don't assume the other person is correct. You need to go to the scriptures to vet things for yourself. You should think for yourself. We, we, it, it, it takes your time, sure, but the investment is worth it. But then you make sure that what you're practicing is correct. That is uh, underwritten by scriptures. We, we don't follow traditions. We don't, that's why we lose the anointing. Because if you're doing what is not Bible, you won't have the anointing to do it anyway. The Spirit of God is not going to partner with you there. And so prayer, as important as it is, I would recommend that pre-Christians take time, open their scriptures. Like these things we are teaching this period, go and take it and open your scriptures like Berians and say, let me see what the scripture really says. About. You, it will surprise you a lot of things that we do that's not Bible. So many things that have been carried on year after year after year. That's not Bible at all. So many doctrines that are not Bible that people have believed because they came into a church and that's what they're talking about. So we're talking about uh, uh, this prayer conference. We're focusing on things that are above through, th- focusing on things that are above through prayer. Focusing on things that are above through prayer. And the theme text for this conference is Colossians 3.1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. where are Christ seated on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Actually, the, like I said on Thursday, the summary of all of this is seek the will of God in prayer. The, the purpose of prayer is to establish the will of God, period. Healing is the will of God. Provision, any, to establish the will of God in your life, for a nation, for your family, for people that God will inspire you to pray for. Because the kingdom of God, the will of God is what is done there. Jesus said, that we do his will on earth as it is done where in heaven. That's what the purpose of prayer is. You should know this. It's not to establish your personal will. God is not going to establish your personal will. Having said that, we need to look this morning at having, understanding the basis of our confidence in prayer. What are the scriptural facts that a Christian must be very familiar with so that when you pray, you're confident the answer is yours? Because you know what's are cheap. A lot of things we say we really don't believe because when we come down to action, we find we're acting the opposite of what we're saying because it hasn't been established in our heart that that is a fact. Do you know that believing that Jesus is real? A lot of people don't. I told you about Taylor's husband that went to preach in India and fell woefully, came back crying with the wife, and Jesus walked into their room. First thing he said, ah, he's real. How can you say that? But you went to preach him. So we need to know some of these biblical points that establishes your faith because your faith will be challenged by the enemy. That's what it does. That's his job. 
think you're not going to be challenged, you're not living in this world. You challenge your faith at any point. Challenge it not once, not twice, not three times. You challenge it. So if you're not sure on, which, on what, you, what you stand, once it breaches that confidence basis, everything you are doing is, is just a tradition, follow, you know, let me talk, let me pray and pray. Do not have a, that confidence that makes your faith work. Hebrews 10, 11, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now we ask the mission of this is there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, 21, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw nigh with a true heart in full assurance of faith. That's how you come to God, in full assurance, full persuasion, full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience that has doubts and don't believe, and our bodies washed with pure water, and let us, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised us. Now, um, like I said, we must be clear on the basis of our confidence in relating with God. The basis on which you come to God is the same basis on which you have relationship with God. And your, our basis of relationship with God is based strictly on our faith in Christ, nothing else. Don't move it from there, because it will draw zero. Jesus said, without me, you can do, if I'm not there, nothing happens. He is, your faith in Christ is your basis of relating with God, because nobody comes to the Father except through Christ. Don't create another way, you will fail. Romans 5, 2, because of our faith, that's what I say, study and make mental notes of what the Holy Spirit is writing. It will help you a lot. It will move you to a place where you're like, wow, this is true. He said, because of our faith, because of our faith, not because of anything else, because of our faith. Christ has brought us into this place of, un- into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, only because of our faith. And we confidently now see where the confidence comes, Understanding that is because of our faith, I will come into a place of privilege with God. Because we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory because of our faith. As simple as that, it's not too difficult. Like we said on Thursday, when Naaman was told to go and deep and be clean, he said, I thought the man would come out and call upon his God and move his hand, you know, ritualistic stuff. That's what many people think. That's what people think. And the servant said, if he told you to do something difficult, will you not do it? This is simple. Because grace is where God gives you everything you don't deserve on the account of Christ. It's simple. Doesn't need, doesn't need rituals. Doesn't need anything. Because of our faith. I want us to say it together. Because of our faith. Let's say it together. I want to go. Because of our faith. That's all. Doesn't need to turn to the right, turn to the left. Stop all of that. Because of our faith. As simple as that. And we sing it all the time. Jesus paid it. If he paid it, I ask you, what other payment are you bringing? Is it the voice, you shout off your voice? Or how many hours you don't sleep? What other payment are you bringing? That's why we fail. Because the enemy will try to make you bring another payment. And you think like Naaman, I think that if I do this and do that, those things are the things that dilute what you do and block you from getting anything from God because of your faith. Look at our salvation. Our salvation encompasses everything, everything. Your healing, deliverance, blessings, your salvation is to deliver you from darkness, from, from condemnation, from the, from the power of sin and everything to the kingdom of God where there is righteousness. 
why you have blessings, why you have fellowship with the Spirit of God, why you have revelation. God teaches you his ways. That's salvation. And you become a child of God. So it's, it's a whole, it's a, the Bible calls it saved to the uttermost. It's not a partial stuff. When you think of salvation, think of complete, total deliverance from the past of Satan, from past sin, from all those things. It's a complete package. How did we get all this complete package? It's a scripture we, we read all the time. But we don't really let it sink in and take hold and guide our thinking. Ephesians 2 8. For by grace are you what? It means by grace you get everything. It's, everything God is giving is by grace. Through faith. By grace. Through faith. Because of your faith. You enjoy the gift of grace. Because of your faith. So, and that not of yourself. So it's not because of what I do or what you do. It is the gift of God. It's the gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. Period. Our relationship with God is not based on us. It's based on his mercy and his goodness. He sent his son. He didn't ask for it. While we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. He didn't even love him. Say why? God loves you with a love you will never understand unless he reveals it to you. Can I hear amen? So number one, let's look at uh, the intercessory ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a strong reason for which you can you relate with God. Intercessory ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. Present day, what is Christ doing now on your behalf? The intercessory ministry of Jesus as, a, as our great high priest is something the church doesn't teach, but which is the basis of our approaching God. The sacrifice on cross is very important, but if he didn't rise from the dead, the Bible says we are miserable. If he didn't rise, say Christ didn't rise, we are finished. Because he had to rise to take that blood to the altar in heaven. The Bible said the pattern of things in heaven is what was shown in the Old Testament. We saw the, the Old Testament priest, high priest, take this thing to the altar. God said, don't enter that altar unless you enter it properly. My presence is there. It's a place of grace and mercy. From the Old Testament, God said, that's a place of grace and mercy. You bring it to the mercy truth. If the high priest doesn't bring it to the mercy throne, Israel has no They can kill all the cow, animals they want. It has to be brought to that place of atonement. So if Jesus didn't rise, but miserable, he rose. The Bible says he entered heaven with his own blood. He said it is the pattern of the Old Testament. He went to the, God called that throne, throne of grace even in the Old Testament. So he entered, and the way he entered it, he fulfilled it. It is finished, he said, on the cross, was that the work of sacrifice is done. The Lamb of God has been slain. He had to rise as a great high priest and take his blood to heaven. When he got there, the Bible said, our redemption was not granted. And it is Bible. And on the basis of this, you can go to God. Can I hear amen? Hebrews, let's read Romans 5. 1. Therefore, being justified by faith. You see the word faith keeps recurring. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's just simply by faith in what he did. Now, Hebrew 9, 11. So Christ has now become the high priest. The church must know that we'll have a great high priest right now. We know him as the savior. We should know him as our great high priest. That's what, it's all, what knowing Christ is all he can pass is, is to know all his ministry in your life. The lamp of God that took away my sins. To God be the glory. But we need to know him as our great high priest right now. Right now. So Christ has become, that's Bible, Hebrews 9:11. So Christ has become the high priest over all the good things that have come. 
He didn't say what this has become. That's what who he is right now. He has entered that greater, more perfect. What translation am I reading? A New Living Translation. He has entered, listen to scripture. When you read scripture, I'm begging you, don't read it carelessly. Take note, every word the Holy Spirit writes is so important. I've come to realize that the Holy Spirit does not speak anything that doesn't fit into what he wants to say. We, 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 deal, we, we take out some and think we don't need it and jump and we miss the point. We get junketed things. Any word the Holy Spirit puts there is important and is needed. When I convinced myself about that, I realized that even his and and his is and his therefore, they are very important. That's when I began to realize the continuity of his conversation. So when I read in this thing, please follow me. Let me start again. Hebrew 9, 11. So Christ has now become, what has Christ become? The high priest over the good things that have come. He has, where did he enter? Has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle. Where? In heaven. Which was not made by human hand and is not part of this created world with his own blood. Not the blood of goats and cows that the Aaron's people used. He entered the most holy place once for all time. And what did he do there? Secured our redemption. How? Forever. Now verse 24. Let's go down to 24. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy. What we saw, I showed you. I said, look at Aaron. Look at Christ. Compare them action by action. You see, he did everything that Aaron did. Everything. Because what Aaron did was a copy of what is in heaven. And the God said to Moses, be careful to follow this thing because it's a copy. Now, in verse 24, it says, For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our, as our intercessor, the go-between, our great high priest. On your behalf, on my behalf, on your behalf. He didn't go there on the behalf of anything except for you, not for himself, on our behalf. Verse 25. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like a high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of animals. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age, which means this is the end of the age. After the dispensation, there's no other one. He's coming back. The end of the age to remove what? Sin. How? By his own death as a sacrifice. Because of this thing. Let's go. Do a study of the book of Hebrew. It will bless you a lot. I recommend people studying the book of Hebrew, study Ephesians, study Romans. You, you understand righteousness in Romans. Somebody read the book of Romans and went to the pastor and said, Pastor, I read Romans, I have crammed it. And the pastor said, what is righteousness? He said, is it there? And that's the theme, really. Chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Righteousness, the gift of righteousness. Hebrew, now, Hebrew chapter 4, 14. Because of what we read now, look at Hebrew 4, 14. So then, since we have a great high priest, since we have him now, since you and I have him now, who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, what are we supposed to now do? Let us hold what? Family to what we believe. What do we believe? He's our great high priest. 
who has entered heaven on our behalf. Verse 15. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. Verse 16. So now, what is the next instruction? Let's read 16 together. One, two, go. One, two, go. Let's go. One, two, go. So let us come boldly. Uh, stop. Stop. Easy. Let's take it again. One. Let's go. One, two, go. Let us what? Come there, 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 there. Don't run. Why didn't you go before? Let's take it. Now, let's read it again. Let us come how? So, where? Turn off our gracious. You see the confidence? Therefore, means because of this, because of the foregoing faith in Christ alone. Because, don't be a name and Christian and say, I taught that. Don't taught, taught, don't taught nothing. Follow the scripture. Let it be your guide. You get where you're going. He said, let us come boldly to the throne of, of our gracious God. There we will receive his what? Mercy. And we will find what? Grace. To help us when we... Therefore, therefore, therefore. Because he had entered heaven with his blood on my behalf. The Holy Spirit invites me to come boldly now. Because I have a great high priest right there. But if, you, if it's not in your consciousness... You are going to begin to think of so many things that you think you did that will make you good. And those are things that junk. You bring junk. And we have this advocate, this advocate. What does advocate mean? Your lawyer who pleads you. Do you go to court and your advocate pleads against you? I mean, you have a court case and your lawyer stands up and says, I have a case against this, my client. You know, they will remove his license. They will, def- they will remove his license because it's unethical. Even if he cheats you in the negotiation, they, they debar him immediately. He can't even come and bring any kind of arguments in court. The question the judge will ask a lawyer, and lawyers know this is critical now, because you can't give frivolous statements as a trained lawyer in court. They will remove your license. So how do you have an advocate, and you come before God? Your advocate will stand up on your behalf and lift his blood and say, I did it for him. The Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks. Get used to it. Believe it. It's true. First John 2, 1. My dear children, I'm writing this to you. Ah, oh, look at how the Spirit of God addressed us. Isn't that wonderful? How did they call you? My dear, I won't even call you that. Because you came late to church. But he still calls us, my dear children. Shouldn't that comfort you when you are facing challenges? That God puts his hand around you and calls you, my dear child. I'm your father. My dear child. My dear children, I am writing this to you now. Is this the Spirit of God talking to us or not? Now listen to him. If you open the Bible, please, it's not just book. God is talking to you directly. If you, if you understand these things, there is no challenge you face in life he will, he's not talking to you about. No. There is nothing that will happen in your life serious. He's not talking to you. When I lost my father, it was a family prayer. I said to them, every time we're reading this, it's about comfort. Somebody is going to die. Tell you. This family prayer, I said, what do you call comfort, comfort, comfort? I said, somebody will die soon. And my father died. Was, that wasn't even the first time. The first time my father was going to die, the Lord showed it to me. I said, Lord, oh, prayer is make your case. I made my case. I said, Lord, I'm not ready. I said, I'm not ready now. I said, Lord, no. He said, what do you want me to do? I said, extend this life. And I got into the car. Went, I mean, I, I entered uh, Kennedy to 5 a.m. Don't laugh at me. You have entered it to 5 a.m. So I went home. Immediately I got in. Listen to what my father said, my mother said. He said, you know your father would have passed away yesterday. I didn't tell my mother anything. I said, really, say, I said, I should have passed away. I said, God extended his life for. See the conversation in Lagos. I wasn't a pastor, but I had a relationship with my father. 
and he invites me to come to him and discuss issues. It wasn't long prayer. So this time now, after all those years now, he was ready to go and I said, somebody will die. And then the day he died, showed it to me and died. I went to his grave. I said, well, they buried him here. Even my wife saw, her, saw him come into the house. If you take the Bible script seriously, believe him, you see wonders in that Bible. There is nothing about you. Your father who loves you is not discussing with you. He said, you won't listen. He's discussing it with you. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He's part of your issues. He said, the thing that touches you, touches him. It touches him. He's a good father. He said, I won't withhold any good things from you. If you want instruction, he'll give you. If you want direction, he'll give you. God won't withhold nothing. God wants to give you more than you want him to give you. So if you open your Bible and start reading, he make notes. And you will find discussion. He's talking to you about things. The Bible corrects you. He'll correct you. But we read it to do quiet time. And then you get quiet time. But you read it to, to have conversation. You get their conversation. So let's read it now for a conversation. He said, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does what? Sin. Ah, you're not fooling. But if anyone what? Does sin. We have an advocate. Oh! Who pleads what? Our case. When you pray, you plead your case. That's what we said on Thursday. He pleads our case before the Father. Who is this advocate? He is Jesus Christ. The one who is truly righteous. He pleads my case. And if I know that, I go boldly. I say, Lord, thank you. You are pleading my case. The blood speaks for me. Then verse 2 says, he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. So the intercessory ministry of Jesus is one basis for confidence when you go to God. And when you relate with God. Then number two is the gift of acceptance. We call it the gift of righteousness, but I want to explain it. The gift of righteousness is simply the right to come to the presence of God without any hindrance. The right to come to the presence of God. That's what righteousness means. The right to come to the presence of God. God gives you a right standing. means you can come and stand before me. God, righteousness. It's a right to come and stand before me. That's what righteousness means. What is righteousness? It's a right to come and what? Stand before me. Call it right. If you work in a company, they say, do you have a right standing with this company? Which means, do you have the right to come into this company and be part of this company? If you don't have a right standing, they say you don't have a right standing. They check you out at the gate. Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith, it's all through faith, nothing else. Again, undeserved favor of God comes only through faith. Nothing else. As it is written, the just shall live how? By faith. Romans 4, 4 to 5. When people work, they earn wages. So you don't, it said, you're not going to earn coming to God, though. You're not going to earn it. So when people work, they earn wages. It can't be considered a free gift. So when God gives us a gift, it, it means you didn't work for it. If I give you a birthday gift and all the men, Mother's Day is coming, make sure you give gifts to women. Praise the Lord. Uh, is that all you can say? I'm advocating for you. You should be very excited. Praise the Lord. Last Mother's Day, I don't want to say what Baruchit said. I don't want to say. He said, Ah, Pastor, we are, we are, we are quarantined, so we can't go and buy any gift. <laughs> No, actually, it wasn't the one that said this. Somebody told him. 
Then he went and told on that person. I don't want to tell you who said it. But this time, no quarantine. The shops are open. A gift is a gift. Do you pay for a gift? I didn't hear you. Do you pay for a gift? If you pay for a gift, then it's why your gift, not a gift. God gives a gift purely free. The Bible says freely you have received. Now, let's read Romans 4, 45. When people walk, they earn wages. Do we agree? It can't be considered a free gift because they earned it. But no one earns God's righteousness. You can't earn the right to come in the presence of God. Because what you're saying, I don't need Jesus, I can come, I'm good enough. Nobody can. Nobody is good. For none is good except God. So you can't earn the right, you can't. But no one earns God's righteousness. No one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred where you no longer rely on your own works. Where you no longer tell God, I am earning this thing. I did this to earn it. I did this to merit it. All that thing you did to merit it, the Bible calls it fete rag. You are bringing to God dirty cloth. But believe it, you, are, you get it when you believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. It is faith. It is faith. Everybody say that. It is faith. It is faith. Louder. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. When you believe that Jesus died for you, went to the throne of God with his blood on my behalf, and is my advocate, and then God says, you cannot come to me. So the righteousness of Christ is transferred to you. The right standing to come before God is now given to you because Christ is there on your behalf. Remember, we are joint heirs with Christ. So every privilege he has, God extends to, to us. Romans 5, 7. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to reign, to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace. See the comparison of what Adam cost us and what Jesus restored. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift, his gift of righteousness, the gift to come and stand to be accepted. So for all who receive it, we live in triumph over sin and death through this, this one man, Jesus Christ. Now, Adam operated under limited righteousness. The reason it was limited was that Adam was accepted by God because of it, because there was no law. Moses hadn't even been born. The nation of Israel hadn't even been formed. But, but Abraham and, I mean, um, Abraham, sorry, Abraham was relating with God by law, because there was no law. There was no nation of Israel. God was relating with him purely on grace based on his faith. But I want you to see the, 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 the kind of confidence and privilege that limited righteousness offered, offered Abraham in prayer. And why is it limited? Abraham never saw God. God was dealing with him through angels. Even Moses, God was dealing with Moses through angels. The, the, the flame he saw was the angel of God. And then God, God, God said to Moses, look, I'm sending an angel with you. Moses said, no, no, I want your presence. God said, I will show mercy to whom and he said, you can't see me. I'll just show you my back. But brother, you know who sees God? The church. The Bible says, Jesus said, if you want to see my father, look at me. If you have seen me, see my father. So the father revealed all his glory to us in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says, we see the glory that is in the face of Christ. Better glory than Moses saw. I mean, than Moses saw. So Abraham had limited righteousness because he was, he was dealing with angels, visiting him, talking to him, and doing this. But we have the full righteousness because we have the Spirit of God living in us, and we have access to the presence of God right now. Can I hear amen? 
Now look at Ab- Let's see the boldness that this righteousness gave to Abraham. Limited one gave to Abraham. Romans 4.1. Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? What did Abraham discover that gives you right to go to God? Verse 2. If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scripture tells us Abraham believed God and God counted him as what? Righteous. Why? The Bible says Abraham found out this thing. Why haven't you found it out? Why don't you believe that? He found it out. And then he went to God in prayer. Oh, look, let's read Romans 4, 13. And see, even the promise that God gave to Abraham was based on, on faith. Because there was no law at the time he promised him all these things. Romans 4, 13, clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, because there was no law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith only. Now, let's see Abraham in prayer. Genesis 18, 15. Then Sarah denied that an angel came, you know, they did, God was dealing with them through angels. Then, then Sarah denied saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. You know, when they told her she would have a baby, she was laughing. You see, their faith then hadn't taken root. It hadn't taken root at the time. Their faith grew over time. Their faith needs to grow over time. The time of laughter is over. You should grow the, the time of fully being persuaded. Praise the Lord. So when they told them, Sarah, she laughed, and then they just say, you laughed, they said, I didn't. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. And he said, nay, but thou did laugh. That's the angel replying, 16. And the men rose up from ten days are angels and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went, went with them to bring them on, their, on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great nation, a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the word of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. You know what Sodom means? Sodomy. Immorality. Verse 22. And the men turned their faces from tents and went forward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord, and Abraham drew near and said, Will thou also destroy the right? Listen to his argument in prayer. The Bible said, Christ will make your case for you. You ought to make your case. Prayer is where you go to God and make your case. The Bible said, Declare thou, so you'll be justified. So Abraham began to declare, and Abraham drew near and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? He's talking to God. Why? He said, righteous, accepted by God. So he had that boldness to discuss with God. And Abraham Jr. said, will that also destroy the righteous with the wicked? At adventure, there will be 50 righteous within the city. Will that also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? He's asking God a question. That be far from Dio to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be, that be far from this, shall not the judge of the earth do right? He was making his case. And the Lord said, if I find, you think God will get angry? No. God said, okay. If I find in Sodom, how many? How many? 
50 righteous within this. Then I will spy out the place for their sex. See, it was a conversation with God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is conversation. You make your case and God talks. And, the Lord, and, and Abraham answered and, and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. He gave you the boldness because it's faith in God. God counted him righteous, gave him the right. God was the one that gave him the right to come. Come, you have right standing. So he said, and Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. I say, I realize this is favor. This is grace too. But as venture, there shall, there shall lack five of the 50 righteous. Say, so if you remove five, if you remove five, how many? Without destroy all the city for lack of five. And he said, if I find there 45, I will not. Then the conversation continued. And he spoke unto him yet again. And said, peradventure there shall be 40 found. And he said, I will not. Continue. And he said unto him, oh, let me, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak again. Conversation. I mean, if Abraham had this boldness with God, why shouldn't you have? Tell me why you shouldn't go to God and say, Lord, things are not working right in my life. Your word said this, your word said this, your word said this. If I'm not believing, teach me what, why I missed it. It has to be your word. I'm your child by covenant. It's not my portion. You make your case. God will talk to you. Because he wants you to have. Why did he die if he didn't work? Why should God give you something you can't, you can't, you can't assess? <laughs> What's the point of Jesus dying and giving us something that's difficult, nobody can assess it? Have you thought about that? Why? And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, I will speak. <laughs> but adventure there shall be, how many now? Thirty be found there. And he said, I will not. Really? Yeah. That's one. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. But adventure there shall be, how many now? Twenty found there. And he said, I will not. You think God is angry at this point? No. Why? God gave him the right. God said, I gave The gifts and calling of God without repentance. God gave him the right. Come. Because you trust me as God, come. And he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. Oh. I will speak yet, but this one so. But adventure, how many now? Ten shall be found there. He said, I will not destroy for the ten. What happened? And the Lord went his way. Did you see the conversation? This is prayer. Being righteous gives you boldness to go to. Because he said, he gives you the right to, the right to come to him. That's what righteousness means. Why? Because you have a great high priest. Remember, Abraham didn't have a great high priest like Jesus we have. So he was in angels, but now we have access to God directly because of the blood of Jesus. And God will not be angry. Can I hear amen? You see, we think that God is like us. You see, that, that, not having proper knowledge of God will affect everything you do with God. Because you think God is like you because somebody talks with you, you get angry. So you think if you go to God, he's like you. You know, no. All that fruit of the Spirit is his character. He's patient. He's loving. He's caring. Let's look at, um, are you, did you get anything here? Isaiah 43, 26 says, Put me in remembrance, remind me of your merits. Let us plead and argue together. Is it not what Abraham was doing? Set forth your case that you may be justified and proved right. Is it not what Abraham was doing? Look at Paul, 2 Corinthians 12. This boasting will do me no good. Paul had incredible revelation. He went to third heavens. He said, I can boast about it, but I'm not going to boast about it. You know, he said, if I stood, 2 Corinthians 12, I was caught up to the third heaven. 14 years ago, whether it was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows. Verse 4. And I was caught up to paradise and had things outstanding and that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human, human is allowed to tell. 
that experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not doing, going to do that. It will, I, I will boast only about my weakness. See, Paul, very humble man. I will boast of my weakness. I, if I want to boast, I will be no fool in doing so because I will be telling the truth, but I won't do it because I don't want anybody to give me credit. If I had this experience, I'll be telling you, so if you meet tomorrow, if I'm coming here, you pass the other way. Paul said, I won't do that. I don't want anybody to look at me like I'm now God. So don't give me that credit. Let me, let me talk about my weakness. I'm still a human being. Only God has such glory. This man understood God. Some of you, God shows you something. You won't, tomorrow, you are, you are so anointed, you won't greet people. First, you start a ministry. And only fools follow such people. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Only fools. God showed you something. You are no more. You are, you are Sunday school teacher. You, won't greet, you can't teach you Sunday school again. Life center, you won't go again. Why? I'm anointed. I'm, I have conversation with the Lord. I'm you are not. You're backsliding already. I'm telling you the truth of the matter. If you have any relationship with the, the Holy Spirit, you will realize that the, the more you know Jesus, the more humble you will be. The more you know Jesus, the, Paul said, I'll talk about my weakness and nothing. That's what shows you are really close to God. The man that makes himself nothing is the man that is close with the Holy Spirit. The man that wants to know more, that wants to be taught. Then, when this pride gets into your head, the devils begin to show you things. You say, God, you wouldn't know it. it's no more God. It's the devil showing you. But the devil show, mimics all these things. So let's continue to read 2 Corinthians 12, what verse? Verse 7. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. By the way, this is not sickness. But see, explain what it is. Thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time Paul said, when I say something, God says something too. He didn't say I beg the God and walked away. What did God tell you? I don't know. How do you have faith to believe now? He said, I talked to the Lord three times. Verse 9. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. So every time he talks to the Lord, the Lord talks back. It's a conversation. Abraham went, talked to the Lord. The Lord talked back. Why shouldn't the Lord talk to you? The third basis of our confidence in prayer is the will of God. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? Heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever he asks, we know that we have the petitions that we deserve him. Basis of confidence. What we are talking, is it his word? Is it his word? Is it his will? Because he's committed to his will. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. If my words... If my words abide and control what you're saying, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Confidence in prayer. And you're asking according to his will. Ephesians 1.11, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to counsel of his will. God works everything according to the counsel of his will. So if you bring his will to him in your stating your case, God will do it. Every single time he will do it. Isaiah 40, 13. Who is, who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or to teach him? You are not going in prayer to go and advise God and teach him. You don't know anything. 14. Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? You know, Moses went to God. He said to God, he said, if God, if you destroy these people, if the Egyptians will say that you brought them here, and you're not able to 
as if to say God, God cares about what people talk about. God said, okay. But you know, he destroyed all of them. All of them. All, of, all that generation wiped out. It was a new generation that took over. When God t- says something, it doesn't joke. There are things we say he knows we don't know what we're talking about. We just do it. We're telling God what God don't do because it defends we say. Does God listen to gossip? He knows what you say before he decides what you do. <laughs> Moses made that and they call it great intercession of Moses. I'm saying, really? While we're there at the end of the day, the carcasses was in the wilderness right there. What God said, he would do, he did it. Isaiah 40, 14. Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good from anybody? Did someone teach him what is right? Or show him the path of justice? 15. No. For all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust in, on the scale. You know the weight of a dust on the scale? With me, they have no weight at all. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. That's the person you are talking to with all your requirements advising him. His will is the best thing for your life. Can I hear amen? Finally, the, 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 the fourth one, the fourth basis of our confidence in, in prayer is the name of Jesus. Praying in the name of Jesus. Remember that Jesus is the only hope of glory. Are you bored? Shout hallelujah. You know the devil fights this type of thing? He wants to make sure you don't know this thing. Because if, he, if you don't know it, he will breach your confidence. Ring your faith. Ring your prayer. Ring everything you are doing. And keep you wondering what happens. The Bible says he tries to blind people. He does it a lot. He didn't even want me to preach this thing. I won't tell you the story. What he did to stop me. But God made me preach it. Can I hear amen? John 16, 23. And in that day you ask me nothing. So Jesus said, don't ask me. Most, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and it will, and you will what? Receive. That your joy may be full. Take confidence that you ask in the name of Jesus, not in your name. Matthew 12, 21. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Acts 3, 15. And kill the prince of life, whom God had raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, have made this man strong, who you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him had given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. We've used the name of Jesus so much that it's lost its sacredness and meaning. Just use it like don't know what it means. That name has favor in heaven. And I hear amen. So you use it in prayer, have confidence. Jesus said, if you ask in my name, you get it. Now, don't pray in your name. Look at somebody who prayed in his name. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Are you following me? If you are following me, shout hallelujah. If you are sleeping, shout hallelujah. You're welcome. Luke 18, 9. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. They were going to come to God in their name. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a despised, was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself in his name and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like a what? You're not seeing it. I'm not a what? Like who? Everyone else. For I don't cheat, I don't sin, 
I don't commit adultery, and I'm certainly not like that tax collector. Do you know there are many Christians like this? They're always saying four things, people. Gossiping all over the place. Verse 12. I fast how many times? If, if, if this man is not a Nigerian, I would have added night vigil. That's why I realized it's not a Nigerian. He must be from Ghana or somewhere. If he's a Nigerian, he can't miss night vigil. Hey, And 30 days dry. Twice a week? No, it's not a night. No, no, no. It can't be a Nigerian. Twi- only twice a week. He would do district fasting, national fasting, church fasting. One woman said to, so to me and one missionary, he said, I don't know whether I have a husband or not. He would do national fasting, the church fasting, district pastor fasting, area fasting. So verse 12, I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income, 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He had not even to lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be what? Merciful to me. For I am, I'm not coming in my, I have nothing to bring here. It's just your mercy. Remember, undeserved. And then Jesus gave us the result. Because if you know whose prayer was answered, verse 14. Can we read 14 together? I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, Returned home justified before. See that? Yeah. For those who exalt themselves will be what? And those who humble themselves will be what? Make up your mind, your basis of confidence. If you follow scripture, look, the Bible says if you believe in Jesus, the walk as a walk. His prayer was always answered. Your prayer will always be answered. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads to pray. Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege of prayer. You instituted it. It's not from men. You told us to pray. You invited us to pray. You told us you are the God that answered a prayer. And all you told you shall all men come. It's your will to answer, otherwise you won't tell us to pray. And you told us how to pray. What would be our basis of confidence? Very simple, not difficult. But I pray that you open our eyes to understand these things. So we let the scripture be our guide. Let it be our light and our, our lamp. So that, Lord, we can walk in the light of truth. For you walk only with truth. You don't walk with presumption. You don't walk with emotions. You don't walk with any other thing. You walk with the truth. Help us to be people who also walk with the truth. For two can walk together, said they agree. We don't want to be name and Christian, saying I thought and I thought. We want to be real followers of Jesus, walking in his footsteps, getting the same results. Lord, you know you need us on this earth. You need us to pray because the head needs the body. You need us to do your work on earth. I didn't get to that point because of time. So that the church will see how you need us. So that we can be people who really pray. For the head needs the body. And the body needs the head. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray.